Welcome to the Alcohol Rethink Podcast with me, your host, Patrick Fox. This podcast is for the guys out there who question the role that alcohol plays in their lives, men who want to stop drinking and don't know where to go or how to start. We're going to cover all of that and more. Let's go. Hi, guys, and welcome to episode 97 of the Alcohol Rethink Podcast. Today, I'm joined by an awesome guest. He is a men's group leader and transformational coach focused on supporting fathers in building lives of purpose, passion, and showing up fully for their families. His name is Jay Singh. He is come to the show through a mutual collaboration and somebody who's been on here before, Rod Boothroyd. So Jay, it's awesome to have you on, dude. It's great to be here, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. And uh, when when Rod reached out to me and said about us connecting, I thought, yeah, this is definitely going to be a worthwhile conversation because he brought a lot of great things to show, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the conversation that we have today as well. Feelings mutual. Yeah, very excited to get to talk with you. Nice man. Well, Jay, you know, I've given you a brief introduction, but how about you kind of let the guys know who you are, what you do, and we can go from there, mate. Sure. Um, so I, as Patrick just mentioned, I, I specifically focus on supporting uh, fathers and uh, the work that I do is kind of focused in three different areas. Um, it's, you know, helping men improve their relationship with themselves. Um, so whether it's kind of taking better care of ourselves, actually appreciating where we are, what we need, what we're feeling and, uh, just creating greater integrity in that relationship uh, with ourselves. Uh, another big piece of the work I like to focus on is helping men connect with a sense of purpose. Dads have a lot of reasons and, and valid excuses at times with why they, um, you know, need to prioritize taking care of their families, you know, their partner, all their responsibilities at work, you know, tending to a house, those kinds of things. Um, taking care of the finances gets easy to get lost in that overall arena of, of connecting to your purpose and advancing your mission in the world. So that's another space that support men. And the, the third kind of major space is around um, helping dads really show up with a lot of presence and an open heart in their marriage and as fathers. So um, those are three kind of general spaces I, I try to help men with. And I do that through, um, you know, men's circles, group programs, and one-on-one and -on -one coaching. Yeah, man, sounds fucking epic. And it's so interesting like as you're sharing that like i think about when i stopped drinking and about like how all three of those things were exactly what you're talking about right like for me so when i stopped drinking my my purpose my mission was to stop drinking for my kids because i wanted to show up as a better father and as a better partner and you know do more things in my life that fulfilled me and then that mm -hmm. relationship with yourself right like because when i was drinking I was not in integrity with myself, right? Like, because I was doing a lot of shit that uh, you know felt good because it created a lot of hedonism and pleasure in my life, but it really wasn't helping me and stuff in life. So yeah, it's uh, it's cool. Like as you were just sharing, I was like, oh yeah, that's totally like my journey and the journey I take some of my guys on as well, right? Like one of the first first things I do when I'm working with my guys is we go through their values, like what's most important to them, you know, and if you're not in integrity with those values, like that can cause a lot of conflict in your life for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right, cool. So 
let's have a look right so maybe we can look at some of those in a little bit of detail first right like so the relationship with yourself like i wonder even what inspired you to start doing this work for you yeah that's a great question um you know i think taking care of myself overall or just kind of tending to that relationship was something that you know kind of jumped out to me in my late teens and early 20s and what you know, for me, a lot of it was kind of spending extended amounts of time, you know, out in nature, oftentimes by myself, you know, going on solo backpacking trips or just, you know, sitting in the woods and, you know, just actually kind of tuning into, you know, where am I? And, you know, what do I want to do with my life? Those kinds of questions, what do I need? Um, and in some ways, when I became a dad, that that habit of being able to go spend extended amounts of time out in nature by myself became very impractical, at least kind of the early days of fatherhood in terms of having, you know, an infant and taking care of them. And um, I had to kind of reinvent what that looks like. And there was also just so much intensity that got brought to the surface with fatherhood that it became challenging for me to uh, to, to kind of, I would say, maybe metabolize all of the experiences and the ways that I would get triggered, you know, the ways, you know, an early fatherhood, just being sleep deprived and strung out and not getting my own needs met um, and not really knowing the the types of habits or routines or tools that I needed to be able to thrive as a father. I'd never been, you know, uh, responsible for another human being's, uh, you know, well-being and survival uh, before coming with dad. So for me, that was kind of a, there was a reinventing that is I was, it's still honestly ongoing, um, you know, is finding ways to take care of myself and um, show up in integrity with myself. But um, that, that is kind of a, a, it's been a big growing edge for me. A lot of times it's, it's finding some amount of space uh, away from, you know, whether it's my family or my wife or, you know, from others and just being able to slow down. That is, that's kind of one of the biggest tools for me, even if it's 20 seconds um, to just take a couple of breaths out on the back porch. Um, if I'm feeling, uh, you know, <laughs> at the dinner table or something like that. Um, or it's, you know, taking a, a morning to go walk at our local river, you know, just by myself. Um, so those are some things that I employ. Um, and then there's, you know, sitting in circle with other men is another huge tool for me. I didn't realize that just how important it was to specifically be in connection with other fathers, people who could relate to the experience and the intensities of fatherhood and, you know, getting to hear everyone else's take on it and, and being able to, to just feel really heard and seen and also supported and, you know, given ideas that I hadn't thought of specifically with other men. So that's been another big tool for me in my own, I would say kind of relationship with myself is just having the support of other men. Yeah. Nice, man. And, you know, I was with a friend a few weeks ago and we were talking about parenting and stuff. And like my friend brought up a really good point. And he's like, we have fucking laws for absolutely everything, you know, in, in the especially in the Western world. Right. Like, well, not just I don't even know what I'm saying Western world, but we have laws for everything. Right. But when it comes to parenting, like anyone can be a parent. <laughs> I, just, I just think like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, it, you I just had no idea what I was letting myself in for, right? Like, and I think I often think about this for myself, like my reasons for wanting to be a parent and where they were coming from, you know. Um, but like actually getting into fatherhood and 
you know you use that word intensity of it like that that sleep deprivation especially in those first early years i mean my son's five and he still gets up in the middle of the night still so like it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be but like it's still like that um effect of it but yeah it's it's, it's you you just can't plan for it like <laughs> there's no planning for it yeah there's there i remember i had one friend that tried to kind of enlighten me as to how intense the journey was and i just i couldn't understand it i think it's one of these things that you have to live it to really understand what a big shift it is and i, I laugh at you saying that there's no kind of um there's no there's no requirements you know other than just yeah. you know being able to you know essentially provide sperm you know to become a dad uh, in terms of you know a, a very very base level and um it, and at the same time it, it's probably one of the hardest things that any man is going to do is being a dad, you know, at least showing up well in that journey. And it's, um, it's, I think it's one of the things that really fundamentally just helps make us human uh, is becoming parents and going through that journey of, you know, first, you know, tending to these little tiny beings that, you know, need us for everything. And then, you know, helping guide them, on their journey to becoming, you know, independent humans that can, you know, thrive without us making their decisions for them or, you know, guiding them and those kinds of things. And they have the tools, the resources, the inner capacities to to do their work in the world. Um, but yeah, it gives me a chuckle when you talk about the, the lack of kind of training or preparation that we go through be, before becoming fathers. And I think that's, that's something that is, it's kind of a challenge in our present day culture. I think a lot of other, uh, you know, kind of cultures before kind of modern society where we, you know, right now we're, we're very isolated. We all live in, you know, houses usually with just, you know, parents and the kids. There's not a multi-generational support structure in a home. There aren't, let's say, aunts or uncles or cousins or brothers and sisters there providing that whole fabric. And you know, many of us as fathers never experienced being around young children for extended periods of time until becoming fathers. And um, as a result, are just kind of flying by the seat of our pants when we become dads. So Yeah, absolutely. You know, I feel um, Gabo Mate, I've heard him talk about this, right? Like families were brought up in tribes. They weren't brought up by parents. They were brought up by like whole social connections, um, what am I trying to say like families and uncles and aunties like every like, there wasn't just any one parent involved like there was a whole community involved and of course that's changed like dramatically and yeah it's it can be challenging but like plus like you add in the the kind of stereotypes or connotations of not being able to look after your children for example um and like what the man's role is for example like even that's changed quite a lot over the last say i don't know 20 30 40 years or whatever like in the past it was obviously like the man is the provider and they go to work and they do bring in the money and then the the woman stays at home you know like kind of very um what's the word not prehistoric but you know (laughs) old ways of thinking and that's changed now and like men are much more involved and want to be much more involved which is great but also you know like what am i trying to say here like not talking enough about what what we're experiencing as a parent yes yeah i think there's 
there are very few intentional containers for men to get to actually process and unpack what's going on in their lives as fathers and to find support or tools or, uh, you know, just any of the number of things that, you know, I think would even just kind of better prepare us, you know, in kind of a tribal culture, we had rites of passage as, you know, boys were becoming men. And so there was this process that the tribe, you know, would help push, you know, adolescent boys through in their journey to manhood that would kind of prepare them for these changes, the levels of responsibilities that they would carry. And, and I think also alchemize the shift in kind of self-interested thinking towards, you know, I'm, I'm here to be in service to the tribe. Um, we don't have any of those kinds of preparations for fatherhood. We don't often experience what fatherhood looks like until we become dads in our culture. And then, yeah, and then there's often, you know, I, there's this huge lie that I think men generally have been, been fed in our culture where we tell men that it is, it's a sign of weakness or, um, you know, you're, you're incapable or you're inept if you are struggling and, or if you really are, you know, suffering some of the, from, you know, these dark nights of the soul. And so a lot of men, I think, especially fathers just bottle up all the stuff that is, that is really stretching them, that is challenging them, that is, you know, trying that they are deeply wrestling with or deeply struggling with. And we believe that we can't share that, especially with other men and get genuine. And when we don't have that, I mean, for me, prior to having a, a men's container as a dad there, I, I just, you know, my wife and I have a really open relationship and we talk a lot, you know, about our, you know, I would say inner landscape. And at the same time, after becoming parents, our experiences became very different. You know, the experience of the mother and the father still in our culture today are, are so different. And I simply needed to be able to connect with other men to be able to unpack what was going on for me, to be able to feel understood and, and validated for some of the challenges or the things that I was feeling stretched about, or, you know, let's say angry about at times, um, or just, you know, really wrestling with. So, yeah, yeah, I think that those are some great points that you're making. Would you be open to like speaking about what some of those challenges that you experienced were, or even perhaps like with the guys that you work with, right? Like what are the, what are the things that us guys are perhaps internally struggling with? Cause you know, for me personally, like sometimes I didn't even know I was struggling with it, it but it was present and my partner would, you know, she's very intuitive and she would know something was up, but like, I'd be like, nothing, nothing. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> but like, clearly there was, right? But so what are some of those things that you notice in us guys and, and for yourself when it comes to parenting? <clears throat> That's a great question. And I, I smile when you're saying that because my wife does the same thing and I'll uh, yeah. oftentimes deny that, that she's right. And then, <laughs> and then I'll, it'll register. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm pissed about something or I'm, I'm Something's not working. So I think, you know, on the surface of it, you know, dads are, are they're carrying a lot of pressures, right? There's the financial pressure a lot of times to provide, um, you know, once I've got a almost seven-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son, when um, we decided to have my son, my wife stopped working. And so I became, you know, the sole breadwinner for our family. So there was that pressure to, you know, increase my income and provide for the family. Um, yeah. Then there's the pressures of, you know, performing well in my work and, 
you know, being a present and attentive, uh, you know, father at home, you know, uh, investing time and energy in, in my marriage and my relationship with my, my wife, um, you know, keeping the house up in terms of the maintenance of the home and, and things like that. And just, you know, just tending to our finances and just any number of other things. And so there's, you know, for me, I felt this enormous amount of kind of in some ways, <laughs> excuse me, burden of so many responsibilities and not enough time to do it, not enough time to make it all happen. And there was the sense of finally being forced to reconcile with the fact that my my capacities as a person and as a man are finite. I don't have unlimited energy. You know, I'm and I'm sleep deprived uh, and I'm, I'm strung out and I'm not getting my own needs met. I'm not able to exercise or eat as well as I'd care to. So there's, you know, all these kinds of, I would say, life circumstances that are just, they're just really hard, um, especially in those early years of fatherhood. And, and, they, and they evolve uh, as our kids get older um, into the kind of the more emotionally complex, um, you know, psychologically complex challenges of fatherhood. And then I think, you know, underneath all of those intensities, you know, for me, especially, and I think for, you know, pretty much all the men that I work with, when we dig into it, <clears throat> fatherhood ends up just being this big pressure cooker in a lot of ways to force up to the surface, all of these things that we have hidden from ourselves are all these areas where we still get our buttons pressed. And, you know, my, my daughter, for instance, is an example she feels some really big feelings. She's a really emotional creature. Mm. And for me, having her, you know, whether it's a, a massive meltdown or just get really upset about something, there are times that it would just make me really upset. And part of it is that like, well, as a kid, I, I wasn't really allowed. I didn't feel like I was allowed to feel my feelings fully in certain types of upset. And so for her to just be really angry it was hard for, you know, I didn't realize this, but like I would get triggered in part because it didn't feel like something I was allowed to do. Um, so <clears throat> I think there's a lot of these old wounds that we carry from our own childhood and the ways that we ultimately took on certain types of behaviors, the ways of relating with our families to feel like we could get the love that we inherently wanted as children. And all of those old emotional patterns, you know, I think they, they, they get brought to the surface through marriage uh, or through partnership. And they also really get brought to the surface through our kids because our kids are going to push our buttons every single day. Um, and so I, I think for a lot of men and, and myself here that there's all these, you know, feelings of frustration and anger. And I told myself, like, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to have that angry outburst that my dad did, you know, yeah. as a kid because those, those scared me. And those are still like memories that I can you know, I can feel in my body. And then, you know, I'm getting pushed to my own kind of limits in the fatherhood journey. And I'm not tending to my own needs enough. And here I am getting angry in the same ways, maybe not necessarily acting on it in the same ways my dad did, but realizing that I haven't, as an apple, the apple hasn't rolled as far away from the tree as I thought. That like my intentions weren't actually able to just by themselves push me away or or, or pull me away or, or like help me evolve past the, the the shortcomings that I experienced in my 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 own parents um parenting. And so I think a lot of those 
a lot of those kind of, um, you know, emotions or feelings of frustration. Uh, another, you know, challenge for me was just that I, I, I took on a belief that like, I don't have the ability to to meet my own needs or I have to meet the other needs of others first. That was a way of, for me to kind of try and get love in my child at home. And so oftentimes I will, you know, if my, my wife's having a hard time or she's strung out, I'll volunteer to do something and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll help, you know, I'll, I'll make dinner tonight or, um, you know, I'll, I'll wake up with the kids in the morning or I'll take, you know, our daughter to school this morning um, rather than tuning in and just asking myself, like, can I actually offer that wholeheartedly? Like, do I want to do that? And is it going to be practical with all my other commitments? And then finding myself feeling resentful under the surface towards my wife, not for something that was actually her fault, but it's this thing that I hadn't tuned in with myself. And so there was kind of, I've also just had to reconcile with a growing list of resentments that I have to unpack and realize like, oh, these are things that I actually, I'm responsible for. But I think for men, there's all these things that come up in that pressure cooker of fatherhood. And then we don't have a way to process it and it becomes overwhelming. And at times it, it means that we'll, we're, you know, we're, we'll end up having a blow up in terms of our, you know, our emotions come out and our, you know, feelings come out. We might, you know, take them out on our partner or a kid. Um, or it might be that we, you know, look for, you know, I would say unsupportive behaviors to try and numb out from all those feelings um, that are stored yeah. up inside of us and that we can't escape the way that it was easier to escape from them when there wasn't that pressure cooker in place all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Oh man, it's like I had about four things in my head that I was like, I need to ask him this, I need to ask him that. But yeah, it's so true, right? Like we just, it's amazing. Like as you were sharing that, I can just relate to all of it and just like notice how my my brain does exactly that or has done exactly the same thing in the past. And so one thing I did want to ask you actually, because I think it might be important, cool for some of the guys listening in case they're not entirely sure, but like you've uh, referenced like meeting your needs, right? Can we just, kind of like give a definition or an example of what that exactly means in case any of the guys listening aren't entirely sure sure you know i don't i'll just come up with a definition for it uh, it's a great question i i would say it's, well not maybe a definition but you know like yeah i mean what, let me just I'll, yeah I mean, yeah I'll, I'll kind of spell it out a little bit more i, I think it's it's creating the the container or the space is one piece of it to actually do the things that fill up our own bucket. And so it might be, you know, it's going to be different for every man, but it's finding those activities, those containers, um, the environments, uh, you know, that are going to essentially nourish us as, as people. And so yeah. it might be that for some men, it's going to be solitude. And for other men, it might be talking, but having genuine connection with other men. Um, you know, it might be exercising uh, as another form of meeting our needs and just, you know, helping us feel good in our bodies, getting sleep. I mean, so there's like certain practical aspects of meeting our physical needs. And then I would say there's the kind of needs of, you know, our emotional selves and our spiritual selves. You know, we've got to feel like we are, you know, getting the love and the connection that we, um, you know, inherently crave as human beings. And you know, a lot of times it becomes easy in fatherhood for our marriages to go, you know, to get really strained. Um, and the partner, like, I mean, there's been times I feel like my wife and I are just, you know, like yeah, that there's a, 
there's no way for both of us to meet both of our needs. It's like, you know, one of us is going to be more sleep deprived than the other, depending on who's going to wake up with, you know, our daughter right now and dealing with her in the middle of the night. And so, you know, I think there's some of the, the physical things, there's the emotional relating um, and getting that, you know, sense of love and connection. And then, you know, whether you want to call it spiritual or just kind of um, tending to our the deeper sense of self, mm. um, you know, it might be, you know, some form of just, you know, again, that could be solitude. Um, it could be reading something that, you know, helps us connect with that sense of, you know, our soul or deep sense of self. Um, and I think for a lot of men, frankly, there is, there's a need to do something in the world that, it, that feels like it's an integrity with their mission, like their why, or why they're here on this planet that has to do not with being a father, being a husband, but what's their purpose for being here? What's the gift that they're here to offer? And I think that's a deep need for men generally is to actually be advancing that mission. And if we don't have that, then life doesn't have that sense of fulfillment. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of uh, bases of, you know, when we talk about meeting our needs, they're different. There's like those basic, you know, fundamental human needs, right? Like the Maslow's hierarchy of like, yeah, you know, needing right. Well, food, uh, shelter, you know, yeah. those kinds of things. And then, and sleep. And then beyond that, then there's those emotional needs, um, you know, feeling like we're, we're of significance that we can get love and, uh, and connection. And I think there's that, that, that piece of purpose. Yeah. Nice. Beautifully done, mate. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's important to look at that. And it's funny you mentioned that Maslow's because I think it's such a, a, a great thing just to go check out and I'll put it in the show notes. And if you guys listening just to, have a look and see what we mean by that because we think about like we can get like those very basic needs of food shelter warmth etc but then like we start looking at those emotional needs and kind of what you were saying not so long ago is like we might not have had those met in our own childhood so for example like you were saying you if you were having like a big emotion when you were younger and if you're if your parent, your dad, or my dad, for example, they couldn't handle it, they would shut us down. They would like it wasn't okay for us to be like that. So then we kind of like close that part of ourselves off, right? But it finds a way out, <laughs> and often and often it's like in the most innocuous thing, right? Like we can just like blow up out of for no reason. So it's not for no reason. It's just like like that pressure cooker, isn't it? It's like just going off in the background. So yeah, there's there's our emotional needs, and we don't even know that we're not meeting them then it's it's challenging right and as you were saying like our kids are a mirror to that like i often say my my children are my greatest teachers you know i got a 14 year old and i got a five-year-old and they got very they've got different needs right like a 14 you can't look after a 14 year old the same way that you do you can't parent a 14 year old the same way you parent a five-year-old right and so yeah it's um it's fascinating like what they bring up in me you know with my son especially at the minute right he's like five and he's super curious he, he he questions everything right like if you say to do something he's like why 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 have i got to do that <laughs> and you know like as growing up like we i was kind of like just told to conform or like we kind of get conditioned to conform a lot of the time right so it's it's, it's really uh interesting seeing how that shows up absolutely <clears throat> all right so yeah and there was a question in, in in amongst all of that but so there's 
noticing like what our needs are, identifying what they might possibly be, noticing where they may not have been met in the past, right? Like so we, perhaps we don't we're not aware that we need to meet our emotional needs. Um, and you know, how do we begin to discover that for ourselves? That's a that's a great question. And it's an edge that I think is often something that like almost all people can can work on. Um, mm. You know, I think uh, maybe, uh, you know, generally speaking, women are a little bit more attuned to what their, you know, let's say emotional needs are than men tend to be. I mean, our culture definitely tells men to not feel their feelings, especially the negative ones, um, you know, starting when we were boys. And uh, I mean, one of the the practices that I do in one of the programs with men is to literally have men ask themselves multiple times a day, what am I feeling right now? Mm. And sometimes men for a while, they, they don't, they don't know. They, they, they like, they, they don't feel anything is what they'll, they'll say for a while. So I might ask them, well, at least just name some of the sensations you have in your body. If you can't connect with an emotion. Um, and so that, that, that can be helpful starting point, but frankly, that, that practice, I mean, something that I, uh, you know, try to do on a pretty consistent basis, you know, multiple times a day is just, pause and it can literally just be for a few seconds and just ask myself, what am I feeling right? Um, <clears throat> and then following on that and just telling myself that's a right way to feel, you know, and I think a lot of the ways or the reasons that we don't connect with our feelings is that we're taught, you know, by our, you know, family or, you know, teachers or the other kind of adults in our lives as, and when we're kids is that those feelings, they're not valid. You know, or you shouldn't be feeling that way or, you know, don't, don't, don't cry about that or, you know, don't be angry. Um, and so we kind of shut that down and we dissociate from our, our feelings and we kind of splinter uh, ourselves. And so um, there's a, there's a lot of work that we often have to do just to even reconnect with what are we feeling in the given moment? And, and then asking ourselves, like, what do I need? So what am I feeling? And then what do I need Yeah. Um, in that moment, regardless of whether or not you can meet the need, right? It might be that you're, you're feeling a need, like, I need to go out for a run right now. And it's like, well, it's bedtime for the kids and you got young kids and like, there's no, like, it's all hands on deck. <laughs> there's no option to go for a run right now, but at least just naming the need can uh, in some ways actually improve our relationship with ourselves. Cause we, we often, we're not aware of what we need and then we don't vocalize those needs. And so making that into a, you know, multiple times a day practice can be really powerful. Yeah, this is such they are really powerful questions, man. Like, what am I feeling and what do I need right now? And 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 you know, I would offer any of you guys listening, like, even if something doesn't come, right? Like, even if you are asking yourself those questions and you're like, oh, I just don't feel anything, like just not to judge or shame yourself for that. Just be like, okay, so that's it. That's what I'm working with right now. But like the more you do it over time, right? Like you start to build up that like emotional uh, vocabulary for yourself you know, because maybe you feel calm, but you don't recognize it because you just, that's how you, you feel in the moment. So yeah, really important just to to start that check-in. I, I call it the daily check-in, right? Like just what, what am I mm. feeling right now? Like what come, what's going on for me? And then the more you do it, the more you kind of like expose yourself to other emotions as well, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times there might be some emotions that we do connect with easily and others that 
we kind of block out of our consciousness and it takes time to bring them into our awareness. So it might yeah. be that it's easy for us to recognize like I'm angry, right? Like maybe anger is an emotion that comes, the, the awareness of our own anger comes easily, but let's say feeling resentful or feeling anxious or stressed. Maybe those are things that are actually harder for us to name. Um, so, it, you know, every person is different based on kind of what their journey has looked like coming to this point. But um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more that trying to ask ourselves those questions without judgment, even if nothing comes or, you know, it's like better to not then start judging ourselves and then feeling, you know, frustrated or resentful that we can't feel those feelings. It, it might take, you know, weeks, months, even, you know, longer than that sometimes to connect with the full spectrum of feelings that we have. Yeah. I mean, like, it's taken me years, if I'm honest, right? Like it's, um, it is, it's definitely a journey. And I think you've got to have patience with yourself along the way, man. Definitely. And so, all right. So kind of like recognizing, kind of beginning to check in with yourself, right? Like just to notice what, what you're feeling, why you're feeling it. And then you were mentioning earlier, right, about numbing and when those emotions do come up, perhaps, right like how we can start to numb away and you know in the work that i do obviously i think alcohol comes up quite a lot and there's other ways that we can do it you know not just not always substances as well right like even just overworking can be a way that we try to like manage how we're feeling or move away from how we're feeling if you like as well so what what do you notice with your guys when you um when they've kind of like reached that threshold of of what's going on for them you mean in terms of when the intensity of the feelings becomes more than they feel like they have the capacity yes. to yeah, yeah. Square, square on? Yeah, I think it looks, and I couldn't agree more that, um, in terms of, you know, we, we we can kind of, so I guess in terms of the behaviors, you know, we'll often, we'll try to numb out or avoid our feelings. Mm-hmm. And so it might be that we'll, we'll do it through overworking. We'll, we'll use a substance like alcohol or marijuana or something else. Um you know, it might be that we distract ourselves. So we'll use, you know, television or Netflix to um, distract ourselves from having to sit with and deal with our feelings. It might be that we we actually just, we use conversation even, you know, let's just say shallow conversation to avoid having to slow down and just actually reconcile with what's going on. Or we'll definitely, a lot of men will, will overwork as a means of avoiding, um, their feelings or just avoiding let's say conflict that maybe they have with their partner it's like easier to for me to just sit down and work in the evening as opposed to check in with my wife and actually you know feel how i'm feeling in the relationship maybe how i feel like my, my needs haven't been met and hold space for her to share how she's feeling about it and then just look hard in the mirror there so i think uh, yeah i think we use distractions or um, behaviors, you know, just even looking at our phone, it's another good example. I mean, of how we avoid tuning into what's actually going on for us. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that's a big challenge. And uh, depending on the types of feelings, you know, sometimes there's the really strong intensity, right? I'm feeling really angry or really upset, or I'm feeling really um, resentful, or I'm feeling, feeling really nervous or anxious or overwhelmed. So sometimes when those intensities are really, really strong, you know, we're looking for some way to just get out of the situation or out of that felt state. 
as quickly as we can. We might use something that's a more powerful form of numbing or distraction, as opposed to maybe some of these more low grade feelings. Uh, like a lot of men, for instance, if they're not in the work that we're doing, if, if they come in and they haven't been, uh, let's say connected with a sense of purpose or actually doing something to advance their mission, sometimes men will, will know what they're feeling called to do. Maybe there's a creative project or, or it's a book or, you know, like a, a documentary or a screenplay that they they're feeling inside of them, but they haven't been taking the actions to move it forward. That's painful. Like it, it hurts us mm. inside to, to have that strong desire to, to give our gift and then to not be doing that. Whether it's because we literally just have so much on our plates that we can't squeeze it in right now, you know, as busy fathers or, I think what is often the case for us and myself included, I, I had all these, dis, you know, I had all these excuses about why I couldn't do something, but, you know, I was ultimately afraid to take action. I, I didn't, I, I was, I was afraid of being seen as an imposter. And this is specifically with getting into men's work and supporting fathers. Um, I was afraid of feeling like I, I didn't have enough experience to support other men, or I was afraid of, you know, being, um, you know, just kind of, laughed at uh for you know what i was going to offer and things like that and so you know the, those underlying fears but you know for those kind of lower i would say intensity but just kind of more chronic ways that we're feeling uncomfortable those are things that we often will you know they might just be there but we kind of we try to you know numb out in different ways or we just try to avoid them in different ways and we might and that might be simply avoiding having time by yourself a lot of men don't want to sit by themselves, with themselves, and do nothing, as in like, don't have a phone, don't read a book, just actually sit with ourselves, because it because it's painful. We don't like how we feel. We don't like what we see when we do that. Mm. So we'll, we'll try and avoid it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, like the world we live in now, there's so many ways that we can distract ourselves instead, right? Like, just got to look in your pocket for your phone, and there you, you, you're in a different world completely straight away, right? Um, it's interesting what you were saying there about like your purpose and stuff as well. Like I, and going into men's work, like I had the same experience, man. Like I, I call it the nudge, right? Like just knowing this, like there's a calling to, to want to do something. And sometimes we might listen to it, but we might not pay much attention. And I knew that I wanted to work with men. Like that was abundantly clear to me, but I was so fucking afraid of doing it. Right. Like, cause I felt intimidated by working with guys and, some of the other things you were sharing, right? Like, who am I to work with men and yada, 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 right? But at the same time, like, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I I stuck with it. And, you know, it's funny because I share this quote so many times, but like, you can only, there's a Steve Jobs quote, right? Like, you can only join the dots looking backwards, you know? And like, when you have that awareness that there's something that you want to do, like, your brain thinks, that you should be there already or that you should at least be like half of the way there. But, you know, like now I look back and I think about where I am and I think about the guys I'm working with and look back to that point. I'm like, Oh, I had to go through this journey of like self doubt and all of those things, because that's what's led me here. And that's what's led me to be an even more powerful coach who works with men, you know? Yeah. That's been, I mean, our experiences are so similar. You know, I knew I'd say within that first year, I, I was very clear to me that, that like that felt like it was a purpose. So the first year of becoming a father, I was like, I need to be doing men's work with with dads, support men, you know, creating containers for men to to navigate all of these 
challenges and intensities and this opportunity for growth that comes with fatherhood. But yeah, it took me a few years before I summoned the courage to actually take action on it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was terrified for a while. Yeah. Well, so what was it for you that enabled you to kind of like move through that fear? You know, I think it was this kind of, I got to this place where I just kind of hit this breaking point where I felt like <clears throat> I'm sick and tired of making excuses about why I don't have the time or the resources. Like the time I picked to finally like really dive into it wasn't necessarily, you know, like it wasn't like my life had gotten a lot easier. I mean, I, I started running my first men's circle uh, a little before the pandemic had started. And you know, that was a place I'd gotten to. I just had a daughter at that point. And, um, you know, she was sleeping through the night better. And I, I was a little bit more resourced at, at that point in time. But it just, there was something inside of me that just kind of, you know, said like, I got to stop making excuses. And partly it's my wife knowing that this was important to me and then reflecting back, like, why don't you just take a chance? Like, what, like what's the worst thing that could happen if you go invite, you yeah, know, a handful of men, you know, in our community to, to, you invite them to the circle and like most of them said no but a few did you know resonated and we got started um i think there there was that and then you know kind of growing it beyond that it's just they get into these places where i just felt like you know what i i can't keep i can't i can't feel like i'm in integrity with myself if i'm going to keep making excuses for why i can't do this and reconciling with the fact that i just needed to take these small consistent actions over and over again and then you know all of a sudden i blink and like you know got a bunch of you know things moving forward and it's just those kind of small and consistent actions that at, at first i was just too afraid to take yeah and and that's the only way you can do it man is like those small consistent actions and just doing it and then you know that go back to that quote you can only join a dot was looking back you can only join the dots looking back is like then you start to see like those small actions they start taking you somewhere but for as long as like we're kind of paralyzed by that fear if you like and thinking well what if it doesn't work etc then we just leave no space for growth which which is where we kind of like find ourselves kind of like maybe not stagnant but like feeling stark and alone and you know just pretty fed up with life yeah and i think i mean for me one of the the myths that i had in my head was that to get started i had to take some this terrifying giant leap to, to make it all happen kind of right at once and instead it was just no it's like to start the first men's group set send that first email out or make those first few phone calls like that that was the start it wasn't like i have to you know create a website and create a training and like it would you know all at once it's just no, bit by bit, bit by bit. But in my head, I had blown it up to be this monster of a, you know, a, this giant action that I had to take that just felt like it was going to require more capacity than I had. And that yeah. was just some story I built up in my head. May it's so fucking off in the way, isn't it? Like we just, you just build up this, I like that phrase, like this monster in our head and then we do it like, actually it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you know, yeah. it really wasn't that bad. Amazing. All right, man, listen, this is uh, absolutely whizzed by this conversation. I've really enjoyed it. I think it's been really cool. Just, uh, you know, like looking at our needs and how we can get them met or understanding what they are, like setting up that practice of like checking in with how we're feeling. And then again, like that extension of what is what do we need? 
Uh, and then also that at the end there, just like really looking at how we can start to just take small steps, right? Like in in our parenting, in our relationships, in our in our businesses, right? Like for our mission, for our purpose. Before we uh, go, is there anything that you wanted to offer any of the guys listening today? And then I've got a question I'd love to ask you. Sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I I love where you're just taking that last thread. I mean, not just applying the the small steps to our purpose, but it's to any form of change, right? I think a lot of times, you know, for me, kind of, you know, I'm about 10 years into marriage and there's been some you know, times recently where my wife and I can just look at the ways that we've neglected our relationship since having kids. And there's times I blow it up to this big, you know, Herculean task of, you know, really <clears throat> improving our relationship outside of the context of, you know, co-parenting. And I make it into this huge undertaking when instead it's just like, no, like just taking some small actions, you know, getting the regular date nights scheduled on the calendar again. Or, you know, just pausing and taking a few minutes to just, you know, look in each other's eyes and not talk, you know, um, and just deeply see one another. So I I think that's a great reminder that just in any area of our lives, you know, relationship, fathering, you know, showing up with more presence for our kids, it's, it ultimately comes down the types of changes that we want to make. We start them with these little tiny, but consistent actions. And that's, the vehicle for creating the lives we want. Um, it's not trying to just kind of make these one-off massive pivots. It's this little bit by bit by bit that we we change our lives and we create a life that we're really, you know, proud of and, ha- and have a legacy that we're proud of through our children, as opposed to one that we're, we're disappointed in. So. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Cool. And final question, dude. <clears throat> What does it mean to be radically human? It's a phenomenal question. Um, you know, the, the answer that comes to me for that is, is it's aligned with the themes that we've been talking about today, but it is, I would say, to feel our feelings unconditionally. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that makes us human is our capacity to to feel the full spectrum of what it is to be human to feel our our high you know points of joy and connection and you know fulfillment and purpose and and love and it's to also feel all of the the yuck you know the other you know uh half all of the anger the hurts the frustrations the sadness the grief um and to do that without putting conditions on it, on how we should feel. So just to allow ourselves to just really deeply, viscerally experience those feelings in our body like, and just to allow those things to sit. And it was interesting. I <clears throat> was on a coaching call doing some, some kind of work on healing some old kind of childhood wounds and I, I just, I felt this deep sense of grief around this process and I normally would resist feeling my grief fully. And on mm. the call, I just uh, did this work. I, I allowed myself to deeply feel that grief. And it was the first time I ever experienced this. All of a sudden the grief, instead of feeling so painful, it, it, it actually, 
it became like a pleasurable feeling to just feel that feeling unconditionally in its wholeness and, and just to feel. So I, I think, you know, it, it's for me, it's, it's feeling all of our feelings unconditionally as fully as we can. Yeah. Beautiful. Nice man. And Jay, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, and, and anyone who's listening, if they want to get in touch with you or ask you more questions, like where would they find you? Where do you hang out? Yeah, it's a great, great question. I, um, you know, if, if anyone's listening to this and they're really, you know, resonating with the, uh, the types of work that I'm talking about and these challenges and themes and these edges for dads, uh, I'd be happy to just give you Patrick a link for guys to book a, a call with me. Um, if they want, they could do that. So I'll send that and I'll put up some time on my calendar. And, um, I've got a website, uh, awaken-masculine.com. Folks can check out uh, this information too about the 10-week program that I run for fathers around, you know, focusing on our relationship with ourselves, advancing our purpose or mission in the world, and then showing up more fully in, in marriage and fatherhood. Um, <clears throat> so those are good ways. I've I've got a, a, a YouTube channel and an Instagram that are kind of, you know, just, just getting started, but putting more things on there. So I'll, I'll give you links to those as well. Um, if you want to pop them in the podcast description, but yeah, certainly welcome men reaching out and, and talking with me those ways. And um, yeah, ho- hope that, hope this serves uh, your audience. Yeah, undoubtedly it will, mate. Undoubtedly it will. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for coming on and this cool chat that we've had today. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks so much, Patrick, for having me. Nice one. Take care and bye-bye. If you want to find out more about working with me and seeing how I can help you stop drinking and start showing up in life the way that you really want, visit patrickjfox.com to find out more or book a free consultation using the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.